0: ¡Gracias! Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox-Starks. Hey guys, I hope that you're doing well today. I hope that you're feeling good. Um, I'm getting more reports from people, including myself, saying that they're in absolute pain, like neck pain, back pain, hip, knee, all joints, pain, I don't know. I think it's an ascension symptom. I've suffered uh, from arthritis every now and again. I'll have a bout that leaves me crippled for a few days. I'm at that point now, two to three days, I've been just kind of (laughs) crippled. You know, just hobbling around my house going, man, I wish I could stand up enough to do my dishes. You know, those kind of (laughs) days. I was able to go to the store, though, got some fresh vegetables and fruit and had a salad for dinner. And a nice croissant, nice croissant that they made next door. So that was pretty cool. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. Even my friend who's not even at all aware of the Ascension stuff, I talked to him about it and he's just like deer caught in headlights. He doesn't understand anything that I'm telling him. And I mean, I'm translating it. I'm running it through two different translators. He speaks only Spanish. And I'm trying to get him to understand, you know, and he's like, I'm in so much pain. I'm like, yeah, I know. So am I. And he's like, send me energy. And I'm like, I already taught you how to send, you know, how to take the energy. It's already sent, you know, Um, I'm asking for Reiki and healing energy, too. And it's, you know, I'm getting energy to heal it. It's just nothing's working. Essential oils, all the typical stuff, taking an aspirin, drinking an extra cup of coffee, you know, all the stuff that I would normally try Ice, iced my whole back took a hot shower to relax muscles followed by a cold shower to take out the inflammation iced my back, the whole thing, everything and it's just it seems to be no relief so I'm just accepting it and I'm choosing to you know, breathe through it <laughs> um, I couldn't sleep at all last night I kept tossing and turning because of all the pain so and it's just one of them things you know it just it is what it is Um, tinnitus has been really bad Um, lots of reports of that still the tinnitus so everything I said the last two to three days in the beginning of my show pretty much you know go back and listen to it if you don't remember pretty much all of that today got off the couch um, a little faster than normal or something and twisted my knee and I'm like, ah, damn it. I just said to you guys, the knee issue, watch out for knee injuries. And we're headed face first into the sun in Aries, which is always another time of head injuries and, you know, injuries in general and outbursts of anger and aggravation and irritation and angst, angsty energy. So just be aware be aware of that. Remember to put ice on the back of your, um, you know, back of your neck, right at the base of your skull. If you feel anger, otherwise you'll be poisoned for 24 hours by your own body. Um, Anger does poison you. And that's why the masters, say always use light, um, like meditation and also put ice there on the back of your base of your skull. So, Yeah, so we got some news to get through today. We're gonna do that now. So I'm gay It don't matter God ain't made you no better than me When I pray it still answer Maybe you need to get on your knees. No evidence shall prosper see Smollett saying that in the first season, I think it was the first season, of Empire. And it was so relevant, one of the best moments at all, period, in uh, <laughs> Hollywood TV history, especially when it pertains to the queer community. I was just like, oh, man, I had to go find that clip on YouTube after I saw it, and I just... After I saw it on Hulu and I was like watching it again and again, I was like, oh, God, it's so great. So I had reported on January 30th that the night before, Jesse Smollett had been attacked. And what has followed since January 30th up until just yesterday? So he's attacked for being gay. All this bad stuff happened to him. He ended up in the hospital. He was all bruised and bloodied. And all of a sudden within a week, more hate crimes, gay related hate crimes when they suddenly found people who were paid to beat him up and that he did it and that all this evidence was mounting against him and then it made him look like a liar and then he got put in jail and he got blamed for his own hate crime, which in and of itself is a hate crime. The Chicago police treated it differently by going to the media instead of taking care of it through the justice system. Made a media circus of it. Jesse Smollett lost his job on Empire. And I publicly apologized because I had believed his story. I initially believed his story. Well, guess what? What was I just saying yesterday about my kid having this gut instinct about people? His first gut instinct. And then after months finding out he was right and then he had a gut instinct about somebody else and then they turned out for a couple weeks to appear different. Well, it turns out that this person's actually what he initially gut instinct thought. So he had like one instance where one person appeared bad to him, but then they became friends. But then in the end it turns out he's a bad person and the other, and then the other scenario Uh, this woman pretend you know or she appeared to be a good person and then for a couple weeks she was acting really weird and he thought maybe she's really a bad person and I was fooled and it turns out he wasn't fooled after all so this is some really freaky stuff it's been happening like do we use our discernment and trust our gut instinct I say yes yes unequivocally yes Can we still be fooled? Yes. Yes, we can. (laughs) Were we fooled by Jesse Smollett? No, we were not. It was a hate crime on top of a hate crime on top of a hate crime. And it was just, thank God, he was cleared of all charges. He was put in jail for his own hate crime. They put him in jail for his own hate crime. I mean, that's some sick, twisted shite right there. Like, for real. (laughs) So, once again, I'm calling tonight for prayers for Jesse Smollett. He is a really brave person for even outing himself in the African community, African-American community, and even outing himself publicly and on TV and then playing an openly gay character who is a singer, a rapper. I mean, he is a brave individual. And then to have to go through this crap, it's like, it's not Stonewall, but you know what I mean? It's, it's just one for the ages. <laughs> as far as gay history is concerned, this is, you know, it's just the climate. It's like people are angry and there's like a backlash against people now speaking out against crimes committed against them just for being themselves. (sighs) I don't know, guys. We are going up, up, up into the fifth dimension, so I think these are some of the last things that apparently have to happen before we uh, get there. We have to work some stuff out. Many of us, most of us, in fact, are in the fifth dimension already. Um, Speaking of the fifth dimension, I actually have some news (laughs) In relationship to the um, Shimon Resonance today a slight increase in movement today everything took place from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. UTC time with a few peaks of 25 Hertz the highest peak was significant and it reached 56 Hertz just shortly after 7 UTC so that's pretty cool right I mean Finally, (laughs) it seems like we're catching up to what I have physically been feeling for days. Even though I'm in a lot of pain, I am feeling so much energy. I was able to channel out a lot of it, thank God. So the bloating, (laughs) the the water weight issue has gone down um, at least by 50%. I'm just channeling and Chamba I mean, it's like constant. It's like I have to meditate so much and constantly. And then in my sleep and then I'm having my spiritual team and Archangel Raphael and I'm asking God and I'm tapping into the healing grid with which I'm already putting energy into the healing grid. I don't know if you guys heard my Reiki episode, but when you do Reiki on someone or you're putting Reiki energy into something, you get the same amount of energy back for yourself. So, I mean, I'm healing up to 44,000 people at any given moment, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I have been since 2012. So, I mean, I'm, I'm always channeling tons of energy out, healing energy, but what I'm getting now, it's like this liquid light, it's like packets of little rainbow crystals, and they're ethereal on another plane of existence, and I feel them in my body, and they're just hot. I mean, just, like, if you touch my skin, I feel normal. But you you touch the air next to my skin, and it's so hot. It's almost like you're putting your hand over almost like a barbecue. Not a super hot one, but still. I mean, it's like putting your hands over hot, hot coals. I mean, I'm heating my whole house with my own body. <laughs> I mean, I have heard a couple... People have said that when you start to become enlightened and you're starting that ascension process that you don't need a heater anymore, you're literally going to heat your own house. Well, that's me. (laughs) Oh, God. It's just, it's bad. I mean, I'm like constantly putting water on my face and water on my neck, and I've been icing myself. (laughs) I'm just putting ice on my back all the time because it's like so much energy. But so I know something's happening. We're all going up, up, up. Oh, yeah. But yesterday I did talk to you guys about a plague of toads. Now I'm going to tell you about another plague that is plaguing the Holy Land over in Israel next to the Red Sea coast. And it was on one side. Now it's the entire Red Sea. Um, All the lands around it have been now plagued with a new swarm of locusts of biblical proportions this started back in December and now they're hitting their second and they're expected to have their third generation locusts because they're breeding rapidly so during the week of Passover they are expecting a plague of locusts oh god on April 19th so yeah that's just weird right so It's a billion locusts traveling together as a group. My God, I've traveled together in a group with three people and we're like getting ready to kill each other at the end of a week. You know, how can one billion locusts work together like that? Okay, anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. But I mean, that's like crazy, right? (laughs) That one billion locusts are traveling at the rate of 93 miles per day. It's like, God, these things are relentless. This massive swarm, this plague of locusts, and it's, they're spreading across the Holy Land, and the last time this happened, I think, was in 1985, and that that caused a food shortage and famine in Palestine, And they are expecting kind of like something similar because one billion locusts traveling and eating their way through Israel. I mean, I eat my way through a park in Lima quite often. (laughs) Not the same thing, though. (laughs) But a billion locusts traveling at 93 miles a day, eating their way through 93 miles of land. They are literally every day consuming the same amount of food that would on average be consumed by 35,000 people per day per day (sighs) it just gets weirder and weirder so in Anchorage, Alaska just in the past 24 hours there was Footage released to the UK mirror by an 18 year old boy who Adonis Shaw, he saw this red object that going, um, falling to the earth. It was long and skinny, like a cylinder. And it had two plumes of black smoke behind it and a white light guiding its way to the ground. He got it on video and immediately for some reason sent it over to the UK not here I don't know why anyway or here not to Ecuador I mean to the United States sometimes I imagine I'm in the United States in California when I'm when I'm doing my show it's so strange but anyway (laughs) Uh, anyway he had the footage published and now it's gone around the internet just in the past few hours and Nobody really knows what it is. The Air Force did not have any planes flying that day. It was near the Air Force Base, but they have... (laughs) They don't have a red cylinder that would be hurtling towards the planet, so nobody really knows what's going on, and it remains a mystery. Also, in the past 24 hours, it was reported on Chanti Universe Channel on YouTube that... A baby Jesus statue in a very small town near Acapulco, Mexico has been weeping tears of red blood. And it started on January 1st and and it went for a few days and now it is weeping tears of red blood once again. And they believe it's because 111 people per 100,000 get murdered every year in this little town, which it's all drug and cartel related crimes. They think that the baby Jesus, I suppose, or God, they think it's a sign from God, actually, that the sins of the people are being seen. They were afraid to hold the statue uh, or take the statue in to the bishop because they didn't want to hurt the statue and people have been taking turns cuddling and holding the statue as it weeps tears of blood. The bishop had to travel out to the statue and he said he wasn't sure if it was a hoax or not, anything is possible, and we must not look to the supernatural first for an explanation when it might very well indeed not be a sign from God. So he didn't want to make a judgment either way. So I'm happy for him that he had balance there and he was using his discernment, which is pretty, pretty cool. All right. So tonight's episode Tonight's episode is stories that have happened to my friend Amber and to me in concerning uh concerning our mutual spiritual friend the chief red sun. <sighs> I don't know how else to say it. It's just that there's been a series of holy miracles in regards to Chief Red Sun and his father, grandfather, son. Mm, I don't know. You'll see. You'll see. The tales are very strange and convoluted, but it's cool. It should inspire you. Chief Red Sun, in my opinion, is a master, a spiritual master walking among men here on earth. And he lives just north of the Ojai Valley in California. And that's what our topic is tonight. (laughs) So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn that's healthy. Oh, that's what I'm going to have when I'm done with the show. Popcorn with turmeric on it to take out the inflammation. It worked last time. And also coconut oil. So it will be bright yellow and it's going to smell and taste just like popcorn you get in a movie theater. <laughs> Although it will be healthier. Oh, I have brewer's yeast. Oh, I wish I had Wish I had sesame seeds. I keep forgetting to buy a bag of sesame seeds. It's called a honjoli. It's one of the cutest names I ever heard for something in Spanish. Uh, sesame seeds are literally a hone holy. And as a joke, I call them unholies. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a heyoka, heyoka. <laughs> I still didn't get to the pigeon stories, so that's coming up later. Also, sometime in the next week or two, I plan to have Jean Brannan on. Her publicist has contacted me and they run a small publishing house that publishes only metaphysical stories and books, fiction and Jean Brannon has a new book out and it looks like uh, it looks good. It looks like kind of sexy and scintillating, but it's also metaphysical. So I wanted to let you guys know, please keep your eyes peeled for that. It's going to be called the, I think the name of the episode will be called, um, writhing Atlantis. And that is the same name as her book. So it's not going to be a book review. Oh no, no. It's going to be an interview with the author. So when we come back after this message, we will go over tonight Stories of Chief Red Sun. Uh, as you guys are aware, if you have listened to my episode called What Was the Harmonic Convergence All About? go back and listen to that hear my story of harmonic convergence because what I'm about to tell you is my friend's harmonic convergence story so while I was praying and meditating on an Indian burial ground in on Turtle River in North Dakota My friend Amber, who I did not know yet, I didn't meet her until 1990, three years after the Harmonic Convergence occurred. (laughs) So she had a bunch of people say they were going to go do something with her, go out into the desert and watch the skies and look for Quetzalcoatl and meditate and pray for world peace and, and be a part of the Harmonic Convergence. That um, Jose Arguelles started. It was the first massive, massive meditation on a global scale for world peace that ever had been attempted in human history, and it worked. I mean, there was like tens of thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people around the world that did participate in this. So. You know, please, by all means, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't. Um, So basically, my friend Amber had had a lot of people that kind of backed out at the last minute or said, Ugh, you're going to the desert. Why? Ugh, I could just meditate at home or I already said a prayer yesterday. I mean it's like people just started backing out left and right. And I might have her on the show and have her explain exactly what it is that happened. You know, the way she tells a story is is really good. But um she is a fellow redhead <laughs> like me. Actually, Jean Brannan is too, and so is my friend Cheryl who was on the show. I also believe that Mason Adams, who was on the show, was redhead. It's like the show is like a redhead convention sometimes. Uh, it's kind of hilarious. Anyway, I don't know why. It has nothing to do with the story, but it's kind of funny just to think about it. So, <laughs> basically, um, Amber just said, you know what? Screw it. You know, I'm going to go out by myself, and I'm going to go out to the desert, and I'm just going to keep driving until the great spirit tells me where to stop. Now I have often since the day we met, I have often told people that Amber is my mom and she has often told people that I am her daughter and everyone believes it. And nobody questions it. Not even for one second. And We look enough alike where we pass. We both have red hair and green eyes, but we're not related at all. (laughs) And she is Native American, you know, mixed blood, obviously, just like I am, but different tribes. Like, I don't even think she's Cherokee. I think she might be Shoshone. Uh, (laughs) So, but when we met, we realized that, um, pretty much within a couple years of the year that I was given up for adoption. She also gave up a child for adoption and the child she gave up was a redhead girl with green eyes like me. So we always felt like a spiritual connection. So she was always my mom away from mom. And we went to city college in Santa Barbara together and we met in 1990, I believe, which puts us at about 29 years worth of friendship. And she is one of the most amazing ladies I've ever met. She's a cancer. She's an astrologer. She had the first uh, astrological dating service in the whole wide world back in like the 70s, early 70s. And she got people together that are still, if they're not married now, they're still like best of friends after like 30 years. She did hand-drawn charts. This is before computers, so... She is a very, very cosmic, very special person and very near and dear to my heart. So I'm going to tell her story and then I'm going to tell my stories about the same chief. (laughs) So Red Sun, yeah, okay. Basically what happened, so everyone dropped out of her plans at the last minute and so she just gathered as much food and water as she could. She had no idea where she was going I think she had an extra gas can and she has a motor home that she calls stew ball which is after a, a race horse from her childhood that won this massive race and he was like a super popular horse and she always felt like if she names her uh <laughs> names her motor home her old-fashioned I think it's like a 1958 to Baker and anyway she felt like if she names this Stewball, Ball, it's always going to run like the horse. Stewball always ran. <laughs> I thought that was a really great idea. And, you know, to this day, and I met her in 1990, and Stewball Ball is, is still part of her life and still runs. Has had a couple, you know, transmissions and engines rebuilt since then. But <laughs> Stewball's is a pretty pretty nifty it's it 's glamping at its finest for sure <laughs> uh, but she so she took stewball out into the desert and she was like driving on these dirt roads, these back roads, just driving and driving and driving, and she would like come to a crossroad and she would meditate and pray, which way should I go, and a bird would fly or the wind would blow or you know, she would just have a feeling to go a specific direction. And she just followed this crazy convoluted path. And she saw this one dirt road and the great spirit told her to go down that road. And she went and she went and it was like a couple miles. She went down this long, lonely dirt road. That was one lane. And she's like, where the hell am I going? You know, and she got there, and she was just hoping that she would get there on time to meditate and pray for the harmonic convergence, you know, so that was like the big goal to stare into the sky. She's an astrologer, you know. So she gets out there, she gets to where she's uh, you know supposed to go. and there is a very, very attractive. Sexy, woo, sexy, Chumash, Native American man. And he's standing there and he's just smiling at the side of the road. And he waves to her when she pulls up and she stops the engine. And he comes over and he said, we've been expecting you. What took you so long? And she's like, what? (laughs) Like, what the hell? (gasps) she's like how do you know where I'm coming and he's like look the chief has been waiting for you he's very old I mean you have to come with me (sighs) so she's like okay and he goes you could stay here obviously you could stay with us we have everything you need we have all the supplies you're gonna stay with us through the harmonic convergence and she's like okay Mysterious, but cool. <laughs> very, very cool. I mean, she didn't expect to, there was no reservation land. There was nothing that would indicate that there would be just abandoned Native Americans living on this land randomly. And so she parks Stubal, and this man goes, Hi, I am Red Sun. I am your brother and he hugged her so hard and he goes I love you and I've missed you and she's like I'm Amber and he goes I know and so (sighs) just one of those things I mean this could be a movie you know and so she takes she goes with him and to the big teepee in the center of the native village and He says, go, go, go in. The chief has been expecting you. And so he goes in with her, and they sit down um, cross-legged on um, blankets that are on the ground. And the chief is this old native man, very wise, very sweet, very tall, very good-looking, but very old, old, old. (laughs) And he says... I am grandfather's son. I am, I am a red Son's uh, father and you are my daughter. You are my spiritual daughter. And I have been waiting for you. And I have one question to ask you. And she's like, what? He's like, what took you so long? We've been waiting for three days for you. <laughs> she's like, Oh my God. He goes, I am your spiritual father and you are to stay with our tribe for, you know, as long as you want. But if you want to stay through Harmonic Convergence and through the weekend or whatever, you know, whenever, you know, so she stayed for three days with these people. And it was so comfortable, like she came home to her real family. But the whole thing, the whole weekend was just so spiritual, so cosmic. So that happened in 1987 while I'm praying on a river called Turtle River. Now, the land that these um, Native people live on, it's a family and extended family and friends and anyone who has been specifically invited to live there. And I believe they called the name of their land. It's the land that they bought and they own. They call it, um... I want to say Turtle Island, even though it's not an island. But I think they called it the Turtle Island Land. And it's a reference to Mother Earth. Our whole planet is referenced in many legends, um in California tribes, they're called, they call it Turtle Island. So, Earth is Turtle Island. And so they named their land Turtle Island. So, haven't met Amber yet. 1987, I'm at Turtle River. She's in Turtle Island. <laughs> about to do with turtles, about to do with water. Really strange. And both to do with Native Americans, too, by the way. Uh, so, she and I prayed for beasts at the same exact moment because everyone around the world prayed at the exact same time so for me it's like 3 in the morning and for Amber it was like I think at midnight or something so it was easier for her but harder for me but (laughs) anyway um, so they danced and had a big celebration fast forward until 1990 where I meet Amber and we met um, I think in the girls locker room at a San Barbara City College. And our mutual friend, uh, I can't even remember her name right now, but she and I met on the set of Dead Solid Perfect with Randy Quaid. We were both in the movie. We were in the, ga- in the gallery. Although I did shoot a scene with Randy Quaid directly, which ended up quickly in the cutting room floor because, well, he pushed me down. I skinned my knee. It was like a big thing. It was hilarious, but also really awkward because... Randy Quaid is a very shy, very empathic, very introverted person. But he's also super tall. He's like six foot a million, you know. (laughs) And he's just like this big gawky dude. And anyway, he pushed me down. He was supposed to push me out of the way. And he like accidentally slammed me to the ground. (laughs) And we both started laughing, which irritated the director because the shot was almost over because the sun was going down. It's a whole thing. Anyway... (laughs) But she and I, this other woman and I, who also is a redhead with green eyes, she and I and her friend Miriam, and we were all together, hanging out because we're like, hey, redheads have to stick together, and we ended up hanging out, and that's how I met my really good friend Rusty Smith because his mom and and uh, sister also have red hair and green eyes, and so he felt comfortable with me, like you know, we like instant bond, right? So I met a bunch of people. In Santa Barbara on this movie set, and it was like we filmed for like God, I don't know a couple weeks it was pretty cool actually, so we, so we kept getting in trouble with a director because we were because it was like causing like a blur of red hair on the screen because our hair was all the same color. And and we and then we all decided to wear red because we wanted to be able to pick ourselves out in the movie when we watched it on HBO later. <laughs> so we got in trouble for doing that because it was messing up the camera somehow. Anyway, <laughs> and if you're the director, I'm sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> we just wanted to be all, hey. you know? So we kept getting busted up, you know, like, you have to sit, you have to stand over there. Get out of my shot. Go stand over there. And he kept singling me out and picking on me. (laughs) And it was like, oh my God. And everyone is really sweet. Um, Brett Cullen was kind of a dick just to be honest with you. But, um, Jack Warden meeting him was a thrill. He was an amazing man. God bless him. I love him so much. And, um, Larry good. I met Larry good. He was an amazing um, person. And, who else? Did I, um, I didn't meet her, but the woman in the show was just... She was the one who played the lead in Top Gun. And I didn't get to meet her. But And then there was a lady that showed up. I swear to God, it was Pia Zadora. But she came just to hang out, lend support behind the scenes. So I think she was a friend of one of the actors. And I never met her, but I saw her. I was like, oh my God. Holy crap, that's Pia Zadora. I love her so much. Anyway, Pia Zadora, if you're listening, I adore you but anyway so anyway so that was just like kind of my thing that's how i met so i met Miriam and i met this other girl who i'm not think i can't remember her name but anyway we run into Amber we were hanging out we went to the women's locker room like we'd been eating something we had to wash our hands and there's Amber standing there she just got out of a swim class And she's like, well, there's some redhead girls. This is so cool. It's like a redhead convention. So that's how we all became friends. And I've been friends with Amber almost 30 years. And we decided we were both taking psychology classes and Native American classes, so Native American history and studies classes. So we ended up in almost every class together. (laughs) So it was just, we were obnoxious anyway. (laughs) She's a complete extrovert. I'm a complete introvert, but something about her brings out, you know, my inner extrovert. So it was pretty fun. It was really super fun having those years in college together. But after uh, we graduated in 1994, and I had gone to several um, powwows with her in Ohio, and so we were always like hanging out, and going to powwows, and it was super fun and you know anything Native American I don't care if it's 4 in the morning she'd be like get your ass up we're going to this thing so we'd like you know sometimes 4 in the morning before the sun comes up you know be cold in the winter and she's like we're Native we have to do it this is just like our duty to the planet so it's like ah, okay it's 4 in the morning I don't care I bring coffee for you <laughs> I'll put whiskey in it for you just get your ass over okay fine so we would like always constantly we're doing meditations we're doing prayers um oh I think it was Archie Fire Lame Deer was always presiding these ceremonies and um because Amber always went to the Indian Health Care Clinic she got to know all these natives and so they're like oh we're having another thing we're having another thing so it's like you know always a band of Native Americans that look Native American and then us two redheads that stick out like sore thumbs but (laughs) But it was, like, so fun, and they just, they accepted us, and I was super happy about that because, I mean, I'm like a reverse apple. I mean, I might be white on the outside, but I'm definitely red on the inside. (laughs) You know, I'm just definitely, you know, native. I'm a shaman, you know, I'm native through and through inside my heart. And so I was really grateful to Archie Fire Lame Deer and um, all the people of the San Barbara area for this. So anyway... (laughs) Um, years go by and I, we graduated in 19, 1991 we graduated from Santa Barbara City College and that fall I went to Cal State Northridge, Cal State University of Northridge in Northridge, California which is a suburb of Los Angeles it was the seat of the really horrible 1994 earthquake which is instantly the year I graduated from college so fast forward a couple years later and I think it was like 1992 um, Amber calls and said okay there's a a really big there's an all nations powwow so you have to come so I went up to see Amber and my friends wanted to go and they were very curious about it and it was open to the public so we went and I couldn't find Amber to save my life I looked all over for her it was so weird but earlier in the day I was looking for her and I was kind of a little restless and I was a little, um, I don't know, I think I had a heat stroke. (laughs) I was so hot. And the women were dancing, and they called for all the women of all nations to come and dance. And I didn't have my blanket, and I didn't have an eagle feather. And even though the eagle feathers in these ceremonies are turkey feathers, painted to look like an eagle feather, because it is illegal to own an eagle feather unless you have a license and all this. But the government will give you all kinds of hassle, even... If you're obviously native and if you do live on a reservation land they'll still you know mess with you so it's just easier to do a turkey feather and I didn't have the things I was supposed to dance with and I wanted to dance and my spirits like go 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 dance go dance and I'm like ah oh, fine so I went out and I danced and I danced in a circle I went one round and A woman pulled me to the side pulled me out of the circle in the middle of the ceremony and said you are disrespecting our circle you don't have a blanket and you don't have a feather I'm like well do you have an extra one for me and she's like no I don't (laughs) really angry and then um, this other man she like scolded me and she pushed me to this man who grabbed my arm and pulled me out and said you have to dance with an eagle feather and a blanket I'm like but my spirit told me to dance and God told me to dance and I just say I just do what the great spirit tells me so I'm sorry I don't mean any disrespect please understand I was like in tears I was crying and he said come stand behind the drummers It was like my punishment. Stand behind the drummers, which are super, super loud. And they're screaming, like their song, they're screaming, singing. It was so loud. And then these huge tympanic drums. and It was just, it was like a whole scene. So then later, like hours go by, I still haven't run into Amber. It turns out later she, I find out that she had been sick, but I didn't know that. So I'm just like, what the hell, you know? And so I was just disappointed and I was sad and I was having a bad day because I was getting heat stroke and I got punished in front of everybody for dancing. It was so embarrassing. And I just was doing what my spirit told me to do. And God doesn't give a crap if you dance naked, sky clad, or if you dance with 50 blankets on you. God doesn't really give a crap, you know. He doesn't care if you dance as a Christian or a Muslim or a Native or an atheist. He doesn't give a crap. If you want to dance, dance, right. Just don't dance in their circle, cause he'll call you out. So, <laughs> and plus I'm a heyoka, and I pointed out how unfair it was. So I think it's part of my heyoka shaman. It's like that that came out, and I was just like disrespecting it, but pointing out that it was super unfair they were all very unfair to me and they were like looking at me like how dare you dance with us white girl and i'm like i'm like a cherokee like i didn't know what tribe at that time i'm like i am a native i feel it in my bones i know i'm a native i know it so my hayoka nature was just there to point out to them their own mistake and quit judging and You know, they didn't say there was a rule, you know, when they said, when you dance the circle. It's just apparently a known thing, which I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, (sighs) I've been just, this whole day, and I was with my friends, and the woman that I was with and her husband, and she was having this massive freaking panic attack. We gotta go, we gotta go. I'm having a panic attack. We gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. And she's just freaking out, completely freaking out. And I'm like, (sighs) why the hell did I come with these people? I could have had, I could have like rented a car and spent the night in a the car there. You know, I, cause I was still like, I, I I felt like crap being there and I felt really embarrassed about what had happened. But my spirit kept saying, stay, you gotta stay, you gotta stay, you gotta stay. So finally, towards the end of the night, the sun had gone down. All the white people went home <laughs> except for me and my two friends And again, Amber's nowhere to be found, nowhere in sight. And everyone said, well, we're having now our native traditional meal, and we're going to have everything going on. And, you know, this is kind of closed to the public now. And then I felt awkward once more because my spirit is saying, stay, stay. You've got to stay. And my friends are like, I'm going to go home. I've got a panic attack. I'm going to get back to L.A. And I'm like, oh, my God. So... My uh, gut instinct, I'm like, look, give give me 15 more minutes. I have to stay, and I don't know why. And then I turn around, and there's this man who is standing there, and he introduces himself as Red Sun. And he said, I saw what happened earlier today, and I saw that your spirit wanted to dance, and I'm okay with that. I'm sorry that the women were mean to you and they treated you poorly. You didn't deserve that because you did not know. And they should have been gracious enough to allow you into the tribe because it was a dance to heal the earth and renew the earth, and I really wanted to do that. It was just like this deep meditation, meditational dance, and I just felt like blocked. (laughs) they cock blocked me I don't even have a cock that's not right (laughs) just wanted to rock out with my cock out because I didn't have a blanket to cover it I'm just kidding (sighs) so so he apologized he says his name was Red Sun and he gave me a really big hug and he said I know you I am your spiritual brother I'm like oh really He goes, why did you come here today? You didn't fulfill everything you needed to do today, did you? I said, no, I'm really mad. I I came here because my friend Amber told me. He goes, oh, yeah, now I understand. You must be Amber's daughter. I'm Amber's brother, Red Sun. I'm like, what now? (laughs) Hey, what now? She never told me about you. This is really weird. And I didn't know the Red Sun story until later. (laughs) When I found out the Red Sun story, and I was like, oh, my God. I mean she told me the story but she didn't tell me that their names were Red Sun and Grandfather's Son when she first initially had told me the story (laughs) I called her the next day going what kids? where were you I met this guy and she's like oh my god that's Red Sun, the one I met oh my god during Harmonic Convergence that's who you met so that was very weird so very cool coincidence and he said I wanted to let you know that um I'm your spiritual brother and I'm always going to have your back. I love you. I recognize you. You are my soul family. And I, it just made me cry. It got to the heart of it, you know, in two seconds. And I said, and inappropriately, I reached over and I touched his bare chest because above his two inches, above his nipples, he had this, um, these thick cable scars. And I just, I put my hand on his chest and I thought for a minute it's because he had done the sun dance in the Lakota Sioux tradition. They tie themselves by their chest and they dance around um, a pole with these uh, ropes tied to their chest and they dance and dance and dance for up to 48 hours until the ropes fall out. And it's to renew the earth and to save the earth, to preserve the earth and to meditate for the earth. And... I instinctively thought that but then he said he was Shumash, and that's a different tribal thing so and I know they don't do that and so I'm like what happened here what happened to you I literally put my hand on his chest looks <laughs> so inappropriate I mean looking back I'm like oh my god I was so inappropriate <laughs> and I just but i my heart just went out and I just have this empathic thing and I touched him and he and he held my hand he grabbed my hand and he held my hand so soft and tender and I was like oh my god I want to marry him like in two seconds he's so beautiful and his energy was vibrant beyond vibrant and he said it's because I do the sun dance I go as often as I can I've done it three times already at least he said two or three times I was like oh my god I'm I just started crying I'm like thank you I was so impressed by that because it's grueling they don't eat for the whole time it's like day and night until the ropes fall out and it's a very 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 intense test of being a man you know in addition to all of the earth renewal things it's very ancient and I just and he goes you know about the Sundance I'm like of course I take Native American studies I am Native American I just don't know my tribe because my mom gave me away when I was a baby And he just hugged me. He just held me in his arms. He goes, That's okay, sister. I've got your back. I always have your back. I'm like, Okay, thank you. Thank you. And he goes, In fact, I I want you to join me. And I'm like, What? And he went and he talked to some people, and the drumming started, and there was a big circle. And because he's a chief, his father's a chief, but he's also a chief. And he called for this dance. And he grabbed my hand, and he and and I started dancing alone in the circle. And he said, everyone needs to dance. And they're like, but she's not this, and she's not that, and look, she's white, and la, la, la. And he goes, excuse me, I'm the chief. Everybody has to dance. And everyone was like okay okay and then we all danced together and it smoothed over the ruffled feathers from earlier in the day and the women were hugging me and I told them I am native just because I don't look like you it doesn't mean I'm not native and it just makes me cry because it was like because of red sun I became accepted you know, among the tribal people. And it was all nations. It wasn't just Jumash. It was every nation was called. I mean, there were people from the Plains Indians and the Pueblo Indians, you know, natives, and it was from all over the U.S. had come for this massive powwow. And so we were, you know, I ended my night in this intense, high spiritual holy vibration I swear I was in the fifth dimension at this moment because I was holding the hand of Red Sun Chief Red Sun and he just he said goodbye to me and he kissed my cheek he told me he loved me and then he would definitely see me again I'm like when and where and he goes well I'm going to get you a paper and he handed me a paper and he said if you want to give up your white man lifestyle you're more than welcome to live on our land and our teepees the way that our ancestors lived you could come and live at Turtle Island any time you want for the rest of your life if you want and I was like well I'm kind of in middle game. my degree in psychology and I wanted to make a life and I wasn't really sure that I was willing to make that kind of commitment I didn't want to say yes and then break the commitment a year later going dude this blows there's no TV <laughs> not that I would do that but I don't know I was really young I might have done that and I was like in, you know, I was like 21, 22. I was very young at this time. And so he was like, think about it. You are always welcome on our land. I love you very much, sister. So, I mean, I get home, and tell Amber the story, and she starts crying. She's like, I can't believe that all happened to you. First of all, I would have given you a damn blanket and eagle feather because you never do that. That is like the biggest faux pas. Like, well, hey, I know that now. <laughs> so (laughs) like I'm sorry I was raised by Germans and English and French and (laughs) I mean my people were (laughs) they raised me were you know they were actually Cherokee but they didn't know anything about it I guess my grandpa you know he had grown, grown up on the reservation but he didn't in Arkansas but he didn't relate to that or something or he did relate to it but he didn't talk about it a lot he was ashamed of of where he came from and so I mean he's actually came from royalty in Ireland but also from the from the Cherokee tribe so he was half and half half Irish half Cherokee and I didn't find out till long after he had passed and my mom one day in passing was like you know I found out I'm Cherokee grandma told me I'm like why'd you guys tell me that this whole time, you know, even though I wasn't technically related to them, I looked just like them. And I think I might've actually been one of their cousins or distant cousins. I'm sure if I had tested my DNA, we would have found out we were actually related because all the parallels were too weird. But anyway, um, so fast forward another year (laughs) or so later. And I, get this feeling and I, I hear about um, an amazing powwow. I see a flyer for a powwow that's going to happen in Ojai. And I called Amber and Amber's like, Oh, I didn't call and tell you about it. Cause I wasn't sure I was going to go like, well, I'm definitely going to go. This is super cool. So I went to this powwow. This is where I learned about the fact that we are in the generation of the seventh fire this knowledge just turned me on all kinds of ways because that means we're literally in the end of the schematic. This is it, folks. Bity biddy 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 That's all, folks. I knew we were going to ascend. I knew that the harmonic convergence was real. I knew it. And I met this, um, these people from the Ojibwe Nation up in Winnipeg, Canada, outside of the city, Winnipeg and the chief of the Ojibwe nation is my friend Pamela Jensen's stepfather So at that time so I was like oh my god you know the chief and they're like yeah of course you know the chief obviously it's our tribe I'm like well he's my friend's stepfather so tell Pam hi you know it was very weird and this is before internet this is before cell phones and they were like that's cool right on you know so I bought a couple of their albums and it was pretty cool but when I first got there I didn't see him, but I felt Red Sun. Chief Red Sun was there, and I felt his presence. I felt it. I mean, I could close my eyes, and I felt him like he was standing right next to me. And I look around, and he wasn't there, and I was frantic, and I was looking everywhere for him. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? he? So I wasn't having very much fun. (laughs) I was like, where the hell is he? I need to see him. I need to talk to him. I need another hug from him. I just need to be with my brother, my spiritual brother. I can find him. So I was just like, man, you know. So I'm walking around, and I meet this guy who is a Vietnam vet. He's, he told me he's the last Seminole, he was the last Seminole Indian, the last of his tribe everyone had died in his tribe. And he and there are Seminoles of, uh, available, you know, like around, but as far as his little band, his little tribe, his little section of the Seminoles, they were, they, they were all gone. He was the last one. <laughs> and so he just was the coolest person ever. His name was Cadillac. And Cadillac had traveled with the Grateful Dead as a roadie to the band for like 27 years or something. Got out of the Vietnam War and started dropping acid and dyed his hair hot pink and became a roadie for the band. And when I met him, he had been doing all of the lighting and was a roadie for um, the Wolf Band, who was the later incarnation of Steppenwolf so um, I was like cool I love Steppenwolf so I was like oh my god this is the coolest thing so he and I became fast friends and um, I mean he I think I mentioned him like a few weeks ago too and god rest his soul I love him so much he was one of the sweetest people in the whole wide world and he and I became really good friends I used to come up to Ohio and Sometimes I'd sleep on his on his land with him. And when I say sleep on his land, I mean literally on a blanket next to a river <laughs> under the stars. Like on the land. Not there was no house. But it was just so comfortable. And he was another one of those brothers that I have that just made my life so much better. Anyway, he uh He's like, so, you know, you look like you're a little bit upset. You shouldn't be upset. You should dance. In fact, let's dance right now. And so he made me dance with him. And he was like so old. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this guy. So we dance and dance and dance and dance. And then he said, okay, look, I need to know. You have, still have this thing on your mind. I'm like, okay, look, I know it sounds very weird, but I know that Chief Red Sun is going to be here. He goes, oh, yeah, he's my friend. I know him. Of course he's here. I'm like, well, I haven't seen him, and I want to see him. And he goes. Well, we're gonna pray about it. We're gonna ask the Great Spirit. So, we were standing next to a gazebo, and and he's like, "Okay, we prayed about it." And he goes, "Okay, I got some things to do. So go stand over there, close your eyes, and ask the Great Spirit again. Just keep asking until Red Sun appears." So I went over to where people were setting up still, cause I got there early, in the booths and stuff. You know, they weren't quite set up yet. So I closed my eyes and I said red sun I need you I need you and I telepathed to him and I asked mother earth Gaia and I asked the great spirit help me find my brother and I opened my eyes I looked all around I still couldn't see him I'm like man this blows this isn't working for me at all and I'm like whatever and I was about to give up and I turn around and he's right behind me and he's like, Sister, I felt you here when you got here. I have been hearing you calling me, telepathing to me this whole time, but I am busy. I'm running this whole thing. You know, I'm one of the guys that are running it. Not only do we have a booth, we're running this whole thing. Sister, you, you got to stop talking to me, telepathing to me. You can't even hear my answer you're just talking to me but you can't hear me back and I'm busy he goes but I love you and I have to give you a hug and so he gave me a hug I'm like I love you so much and he's like thank you I'm like I just I just really 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 needed to see you I just had to know you're okay and I needed to see you he's like I'm fine I need to get back to work you know like he's super annoyed with me I'm like oh my god (laughs) but he's happy to see me too it's really obvious you know And the whole time, the first time I met him, and now the second time I met him, um, there was a super tall woman who acted like she couldn't speak English at all. And she was extremely tall. I mean, she looked like seven feet tall almost. And she was very skinny. And she had a very long face. And her eyes were very, 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 very blue, like ice. And the energy coming off of her felt like ice it was almost like standing next to an air conditioner and it was a super hot day in the summer. And I don't know what her deal was, but she gave me this seething look of raging hatred and anger towards me. Every time I talked to red sun, I don't know what that was about, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. She almost did not look like she was human. She almost looked like she was maybe a Nordic style alien. I don't know. She might have just been from Europe. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not trying to insult anyone from Europe. But she had that look about her like she was very, I mean, not even Swedish. Like, I don't even know what, where she would have been from. But she was tall and she had, her hair was like a light brown and it was tied back in a long, uh, like we all had long hair, braids or, you know, ponytails and that's what she... Same thing, you know, and she dressed in completely traditional native dress and she had a blanket around her and and he told me, Oh, by the way, this is my father's wife. Oh, okay, cool. All right, all right. And I said, Hi, nice to meet you, how are you? And she just glared at me like I just Set her dog on fire. <laughs> like, what the hell? Why is she such a bitch? She's so mean, and you know, she didn't ever say a word. But I, I just like, just felt like she's so mean to me. You know, she, she can't say hi. She can't. Yeah, you know, she hated my guts. <laughs> Apparently, she's an extremely serious person. And well, you know me. Hey, Yoka. Hey, Yoka. I'm a Heyoka shaman. I like to joke around and laugh and. Yeah, maybe heckle people too much, but you know, just I'm very easygoing and sweet, you know. Like no one hates me, like, (laughs) and she freaking hated me. So anyway, that is neither here nor there. But a second time, he gave me a flyer and he said, "I want you to come and live with us, sister. I want you to live on the land with me." I'm like, I'm still in the commitment with the white man's school. I have to keep doing this. So I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna go, but. I didn't want to live with him, but I didn't want to disappoint him either. And so I was like, well, I'm still in the middle of getting my degree. He goes, well, when you're done, you can always come and live in the land. You have to do a share and work the land with us. And Garden will teach you how to weave and make your own clothes and stuff. But if you want to come and live the way the natives do, if you want to come and commit for three months, you can do that. Or you know, come and live for years and I never did it. I never did. And I was terrified of this woman. And part of me felt like, and she looked like a ghost. She was so much whiter than me and I'm like paper. So it freaked me out. And I just, it's like either she's real and exists or she's an alien, or maybe she was just like a ghost that I kept seeing. I mean, it was like crazy. She never said one word not to me not to anybody she never opened her mouth like every time I saw her it was the same exact story and like who the hell is this woman you know why does she treat everybody like crap and she's at grandfather's son's side 100% of the time and when grandfather's son wasn't there she still stayed there like she'd stay at the booth and people would ask questions and she would never answer anybody not one word I do not know what her deal was. I still just wonder what the hell her deal was. But I mean, maybe she was channeling everyone's energy. Maybe she was just a healer of like the land or something. Maybe she's just like trying to be a calming force, but she just hated my guts. But so after everyone set up and then the powwow started to go and it started to get underway, um, red sun, um, did a, led a couple dances for the men, and I took a couple pictures of him dancing, which was very, very cool. And then later, um, when I ran into him, I called him again to my side, and he goes, What do you want again? You know, he's like, It's like the one day I'm like super busy. I'm like, I just, he's like, Yeah, yeah, spit it out. Like, come on, I don't have much time. I'm like, I just really love you, and I just had really really missed you and I feel like a part of myself is almost missing because of missing you you know he goes, I know it's okay we will be together again at some point I don't know when or where but we will we will always have time you know at some point together and I go well can I just can I please get a picture of you just so I know and I could have a picture of you with me and I can be with you, like, when we're not together, when I'm in L.A. and I'm lonely. Can I at least, you know, talk to you or have your picture? And he said, yes, not a problem. So he stood in front of a tree and I took his picture. And he smiled and he was very gracious. And then someone else saw that and he's like, oh, fuck. I mean, he just, like, the look on his face was like, oh, damn it, you know. Why, look, she's starting this thing. You know, and he, so this other lady's, can I get your picture too? I'm from Wisconsin. And he's like, oh my God. And I just love the natives. Oh, the Indians are so cool. And he's like, oh my God. You know, I mean, my, you know, you know my reason for asking was just like, you know, I, I want to have a picture of my brother. You know, he's my family. He's my spiritual soul tribe. He's my family. And this is what was like, can I have a picture <laughs> And he's just like, gave me this look, like he was so pissed off. <laughs> like, he had so much love and compassion for me, but at the same time, he was super impatient. <laughs> and he's trying not to say anything, but I could see it in his eyes. I'm an empath, I feel it. And so she took a picture, and then he's just like, no more pictures. And he's just like, he freaked out and he left. I'm like, okay, fine. I just. I'm not gonna deal with him the rest of the day. I don't want to hurt his feelings or upset him. And I never ran into him for the rest of the night. And I kept wanting to, but I never ran into him again. But I met my Ojibwe friends and had a really good rest of the night, hung out with Cadillac and danced a lot. And oh, about a month later, I got around, I was back in LA, and I got around to uh, developing my pictures from the, um, from the pow out and I was like oh this is going to be great and I had an amazing I had an amazing picture that I took of Cadillac and I got copies made and I and next time I saw him I gave it to him and God bless his soul the day that he died the only picture anyone ever had of him was the one I took and that's the one that ended up in the newspaper in the Ventura um, County newspaper and also in the Ojai paper So the only picture anyone ever had of him was the one that I took of him. So that was pretty cool. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I just, I was going through all these pictures, and I'm like, why the hell would I take a picture of a tree? Like, just a normal picture of a freaking tree. I'm like, well, this makes no sense. All of my pictures are of, like, the overall view of the people doing the dances, you know, the bands playing, you know how many cars were in the parking lot so many people were there. It was impressive. You know, the gazebo where um, I met um, Cadillac, pictures of Cadillac. You know, just all this stuff was like of something. And then there's this one picture of a random tree and I'm like, wait a minute. Where's the picture of Red Sun? Where's Chief Red Sun? Where the hell's my brother? And I went through all the pictures and the picture that he posed for standing in front of that tree He did not show up on film. He was invisible. He did not want me to take his picture, and he vibrated so freaking high that no one could freaking take a picture of him. And then I went and I saw the ones where he was dancing. I saw one where he was interacting with other people and his vibration had been lowered enough where I did get a side profile picture of him from a distance. And then another one while he was doing the dance, he was just a blur, where everyone else was not a blur. It wasn't a digital camera, it was way before that, it was normal camera. And it would take pictures of people, like their hand might be blurry if they're moving, but usually the way that my pictures came out, it was like they were standing still. Except for him, he was a blur because he was vibrating so high. And I did not know about that late. I mean, it freaked me out. I was like, oh, I don't think I should ever try to go back and see him again. He was angry with me. He doesn't show up on film. What the hell is happening? I'm like I'll just deal with him in the next life because in the next world because this is ridiculous so I just it was like one of those weird things you know and I just was like okay maybe this isn't meant to be because something weird is going on and later I found out that if someone is vibing super high it's hard for them to come down to our level and that's why they don't want their pictures taken (laughs) <laughs> another faux pas oops moment for me okay great just embarrassing myself left and freaking right <laughs> with the this nation. <laughs> so yeah this is just an episode about how I embarrass the hell out of myself basically repeatedly <laughs> hey yoka hey yoka I am a hey yoka shaman and I just I'm always I'm supposed to be, in a, like, I didn't do it on purpose, I didn't mean to do it, but it's just the nature of the Heioka, we're supposed to be somewhat disruptive and interruptive and pointing out when people are being too serious and not um, f- focusing on the correct things, and it's just in my nature to be this way, and I didn't even understand that until recently, so this is all very painful memories, <laughs> you know, some of it, and some of it's wonderful memories, but... So fast forward yet another year, and I'm like, I'm never going to go back to the frickin' powwow. This is like, and I did. I went back to several powwows, but one year, and I never saw the, I never saw Red Sun again, actually, and all those other powwows. Years later, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. But one day, um, I'm at Cal State Northridge, and I was getting ready to hop on the bus, and something told me, go this way, and I felt like it was Red Sun, I hear the cry of a raven as he's one of my totem animals. I look up, okay, brother raven, what do you want to tell me? And he's, and he's like, start flying. I'm like, okay, great. And he showed me this building. I'm like, okay, what? And so he just kind of was like, you know, come on with one wing out, like, go, go into the building. All right, grandfather, I'm going into the building. (laughs) And I go into the building, and there is a little flyer, just a lone white flyer pasted to the wall. And it said, Today, for the Native American uh, group, like league or group or club. I think it was like the Native American club. Today, Chief Grandfather's son is speaking. I'm like, Are you kidding me right now? Are you freaking kidding? Chief Grandfather. It gave me the chills and I brought tears to my eyes. I'm like, what? Maybe red sun. Maybe my brother's here. I walk in and I sit and I was late again. Another faux pas. Oh my God. It's like my karma with these people. Uh, so I just sat kind of in the back and there's like a big circle around grandfather. Well, he sat and talked and he's, and he stops his talk and he looks at me and he goes, do I know you? And he goes, we'll talk after. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. But we'll talk after. And again, with the tall Nordic blonde woman who never freaking sits down. She's tall as F. She was like... You know, she looked like she's eight freaking feet tall this time, and her eyes are even bluer and colder. I mean, they're like beads of freaking ice balls, you know. Just she was just so freaking cold, and that seething, horrible feeling of hate towards me. Again, there she is again. I'm like, I need to never be around these people again. it's like I love them so much. And they're warm and jovial and loving and vibrant and passionate. And even when they're angry, they're passionate, right? But, you know, grandfather and red son both, you know, the father like son, right? But here's this ice-blooded, cold-hearted bee standing there staring at me with this absolute disdain and hatred and seething anger again. I still don't know what the hell that was about. I said hi to her. Oh, hi. Remember me? And she just said nothing in, in, in grandfather said, son says, Oh, she doesn't really talk much. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. Uh, so he, he talked about going to Europe and he talked about going to his different things. It was very, very cool. So, uh, grandfather's son had been sent to Europe and he spoke about the Native American plight over the past couple hundred years and about his tribe and how they are Shumash, but they don't live on the Shumash lands. They have their own land that they own and it's theirs. They pay taxes and everything else. And he was talking about life on Turtle Island, the land Turtle Island. So it was very interesting, you know, like he'd gone throughout Europe and he was lecturing all over the world. And he was old. Boy, he looked pretty, pretty old. He he could hardly walk. Had a cane and his wife stood by his side 100%, and I will hand her that, even though she was cold as AF, but she absolutely 100% devoted to the tribe and to him. So I do have to hand it to her. Her loyalty, her fierce, fierce loyalty was actually very admirable, to be honest. But um, so he kept looking at me the whole time. His lecture, he kept like it was just distracting him. I'm like, oh, my God, why with me and the red hair? Or I don't know why am I distracting him? But at the end of the lecture, when he was done and people came and talked to him and I think a couple of people wanted his autograph and it was, you know, just thank you for coming and everyone was like talking. And so I waited till the end and he said, I've been meaning to talk to you. And he goes, now, how do I know you? I go, well, you don't know me, but if you're the grandfather's son I'm thinking of, I'm pretty certain that, you know, red son. He goes, well, of course it's my son. I go well. According to Red Sun, I'm I'm his sister. And he goes, oh, you're my you're my daughter. And I'm like, also, I'm Amber's daughter. He goes, oh, you're my granddaughter. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. You're my granddaughter. That's how I know you. And he hugged me and he embraced me so tight. He said, you are my granddaughter. You are my spiritual granddaughter how is Amber? And I told him, and then he's like, oh, tell her I send my love. I love her so much. I miss her so much. And he was like, and I've missed you too. I'm like, me too, grandfather. And it was like when he hugged me, I was like literally embracing my own grandfather. And, you know, I felt like I had grown up with him and I knew him. <clears throat> even know, I'd only known him for like 30 seconds, you know, or well, during the lecture, but then in person just for a few minutes. And, He was like really amazing and he just he told me he loved me and that he's going to be praying for me and I said of course I'm going to pray for you all the time and I told him to send my love to Red Sun, and that I love him very much and he was like thank you thank you and he goes have you met my wife I'm like well yeah like three or four times but she doesn't want to talk to me he goes yeah she gets like that (laughs) and he just kind of like Ignored it, like, whatever. And they just hugged me again, goodbye. And he left, and I never saw grandfather's son again. I believe that he did pass away a few years later. And I never saw Red son again. He's still alive, I'm sure of it. But I never saw them again. I don't know, I just felt like I had to share this with you guys. God actually told me today was the day to share these stories with you, so it's going to reach the right person who needs to hear it, or persons. So, I don't know, it was just very... I don't know, there's something very magical about these people, this family in particular, You know, grandfather's son and chief red son, chief grandfather's son. I mean, I went to a lot of different Native American things on, um, like, lectures and dance, like, you know, powwows. And um, there was, like, a Native American fair on Cal State Northridge campus. They even had pan fry bread, which is super excellent. But, you know, I even met Iron Eyes Cody. I can't believe I met Iron Eyes Cody. Oh my God. So I love him so much. Anyway, um, met a lot of people. In fact, I met a man from the Lakota Sioux tribe that had paler skin than me and bright blue eyes and red, red, fiery red hair. And he said he grew up on the reservation, the Lakota Sioux reservation, his whole life. And he said, "I'm dancing for my daughter." He said, "I was da- he was dancing all across the country." His daughter was very sick and needed an operation, and he competed in fancy dance competitions all across the country, and he almost was at that point where he had um, the money to pay for her. And I told him I'd pray. I think I gave him a couple dollars. I'm like, I'm lame. I don't. I'm a starving <laughs> student. This is my school. And. I eat Taco Bell every day. I spend literally $2 a day on meals. <laughs> I had a chicken burrito and a taco and a glass of water every day. That was all I ate. And sometimes I'd have breakfast, but very rarely. Sometimes i cook for myself, but very rarely. But, um... I don't know. I mean, that was kind of like the last real that was those were the last contacts I had with the Sun family and to this day I've wondered about them how mysterious like how did they know us and then how would they and they both were like oh of course you're Amber's daughter you look just like her they both said the same thing it's like wow because I guess we have red hair and green eyes so that makes sense but we didn't really facially look like each other that much But everyone just always saw it. They just saw it. And it's like an energetic soul tribe, soul family. We just... We look alike. We belong together, you know? So... Anyway, if you want to find me on Twitter, my more recent feeds, hashtag soul tribe, hashtag soul family. I've been doing that one also. Hashtag 5D, hashtag ascension. Um... I'm also at mermaidgirl888 on Twitter. And if you want to send me a message on Anchor, that is at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical. If you want to send me a message or you want to be on the show, you have something of a spiritual or metaphysical nature to offer. I would love to interview you and have you on the show and talk about it. Anyway, that's all I have to say about all that. I love you guys very much. I'm happy we're on this trip together. We're walking the same road. I'm happy about that. But now I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time.